Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Hamilcast. I'm Jillian, and this is part two of my chat with Hamilton Broadway's music director, Kurt Crowley. You should absolutely go back and listen to part one if you haven't already. But if you're good to go, let's dive right in. Okay, so you mentioned before, and if I don't bring it up, I'm going to forget about it because I just poured myself a refill. Um, the Treasury. Yeah. So you brought it up at when we were talking about snobs, the snobs right? Yeah, because we have a group text called the Department of the Treasury. And right. So the first... This is the first job as soon as the snob is done is you send the voice memo recording from that week uh-huh. out to the Department of the Treasury for their perusal. The list is Alex, <laughs> Ian Weinberger, me, uh, Scott Wasserman, mm-hmm. Madeline Myers, and Kion Hersey. So they were the two, they were two lax two music assistants during the whole process up the route. Actually, I think Kion maybe joined the public. And uh, the, the timeline's a little hazy, but okay. like, definitely we were the group at the at Broadway. Okay. Um, and yes, yes, like had two music assistants and they were, who are welcome anytime on this who podcast. Are, yes. And who are incredible humans yeah. and incredible fonts of information about that time <laughs> totally. period in particular. Uh, I mean, they did such incredible jobs. Like not only were they cleaning scores, every updated score had to be cleaned, printed, reformatted. What does that sent mean out. cleaned? So like, you know, Lynn decides to come up with a new passage in Right Hand Man, which he did during tech. I don't know if you talked about that. The, um, the whole, so I don't know if you know this. Hamilton used to start Right Hand Man with this, like, if I could write a revolutionary screed until my fingers bleed, but action's going to bring us what we need. Yes, indeed. Anyway, that used to start it. You totally did all the rapping. Okay, I did, yeah. It's very practiced. Not great, but practiced. No, it's great. Um, so then they needed, a re- they needed Hamilton to come across the stage somehow in the middle of the number. Okay. So that's when the, he, they got the battering down the battery cross. He, he wrote that in his notebook during tech. Incoming! Down the battery, check the damages. We gotta stop them and rob them of their advantages. Let's take a stand with the stamina. God is granted this Hamilton won't abandon ship. Yo, let's steal their cannons. So, like, for instance, that's now in the show. He writes it, he gets up on stage, tries a few times. Lack arranges it at the piano. Boom. Lack goes back to his desk. He quickly puts it into Finale, which is the music software we use. And then the music assistants go to work, making sure, you know, all the measure numbers are the right, oh. right lined up, um, you know, because we inserted bars into the song and making sure the widths are right and everything can be read. They clean it. Then they send it to stage management as a PDF. It gets printed, gets distributed. I mean, all that happens so fast and on a constant basis. Every little revision has to be caught in the score, which is was actually why the scores are so beautifully meticulous and clean. Right, right. Um, and so at that time, um, it was really their job under lax supervision. Now the scores are largely the, the purview of Ian Weinberger, who is now the reason why they look so beautiful <laughs> and continually up to date, yes. despite the little changes we keep finding. Little, right. Literally, we're still finding like mistakes in the score. What do, you, what do you mean? I mean, at this point, it's a mistake like, you know, maybe the accent in the right hand doesn't match the accent in the left hand in bar 85 of nonstop. You know, like... How do you even catch that, though? Like, how do you know... It's funny, because we look at it every day in the scores. Yeah. And so, in a way, you actually get blind to it. But it's just like one day on a Thursday, it's raining, and you look at the bar, and you go, oh, shit, that's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, here's the thing, is we don't actually know if it's wrong. We know it raises a flag. Now we have to track down Alex Lackamore, the busiest human in the world, Seriously. to find out if it's wrong. And if it is wrong, if he would like it changed. And then Ian has to go through a process of changing it in the score and reprinting it. I mean, he doesn't reprint it for one accent, but like over time, like probably annually, we reprint a new score that yeah. now has everything a little bit up to date. It's never anything that we would he- be able to hear, do you think? I don't, I don't think so. First of all, yeah. a lot of this is like the, um, some of it's the piano vocal, which we only use for rehearsals. It's just like making sure that's correct, because that's what people learn the show from. Right. And all of which is in service of like, there's going to come a day, hopefully long in the future, where like none of us are around. Right. And not just dead, but like not no, no, working like, on the show. That, Although maybe that, that too. And like, you know, we really see it as our job to like make sure it's the best and truest version that we can pass on. Right. And that all comes from the top. Like that's lax MO always. Yeah. Um, anyway, going back to his music assistants. Right, right. Yeah, they also treasury. did an incredible job on the album. They worked on the album. Like they were tabulating how many bars in this song, how many bars each character sang and doing what? the scheduling of that. 
Um, and put a pin in that later because I want to come back and talk about the choral singing in the show. Yes. Remind me about that. Yes, happily. So anyway, I these should get are... a pen and start writing right. these things down. Seriously. I'm just putting all yes, this all Yes, yes. All right, again. I'm going to get my notes app out. Okay. Um, so anyway, this the music team was fabulous and we all just really liked each other a lot. Yeah. We spent helps. a lot of time together, but yeah. we really like Madeline is just like the the lightest, happiest person and so generous and so warm. Kion is like secretly like so warm but like also sassy and fun and like oh, fun. just the greatest human yeah scott i mean you've met scott you know him he's... i haven't met scott i always oh, skyped, oh, with oh, skyped with him yeah but he's Sky- coming over skyping so. with scott <laughs> should be a new podcast yes. he is just one of the finest musicians and, and people and he and i have spent so much time together through all these readings and then ian joined us officially off broadway like near the end and mm-hmm. then officially on broadway so the th- the all of us would just kind of constantly be around each other Cracking jokes, you know, making, um, you know, all sorts of puns related to lyrics, which we can also put a pin on that if you want to come back to any of those. Happily. Um, I, I speak, I speak in Hamilton I know references. you do, so you I'm will actually understand. I'm holding it back so, so hard. I've tried to like check that. It's like when you have an accent when you're a kid and you kind of like try to roll it off. Like <laughs> I, I tried know, not to do it this is, the, this is the safe space. This is, this the, is room. the time to do Let it, it right? Out. Let my flag fly. <laughs> yes, totally. But I wrote it in my little notes app. So we have choral music, puns, and I'll keep adding to it. So as you, in tech, you look around the theater Mm -hmm. and there are all these tables for each you know departing department lighting wardrobe stage management right so you look at the music table especially when lynn would come over and talk to us and it's just like so many people (laughs) all those humans i just said yeah what is that five six of you yeah six of us and then plus lynn who's really music department she's the composer yeah and we just like dwarf every other department yeah and so you know there's a there's a passage in the churnout book where he talks about washington's cabinet Mm -hmm. And Washington had three departments. He had the State Department under Jefferson. He had the War Department. Uh, I forget who the Secretary of War was. I should know that. And he had the Treasury <laughs> Department under Hamilton. Yeah. And there's this great line in the book, which stuck out to me, that by the end of, like, I remember it was a year or two years, State Department had, like, six employees. War Department had, like, eight employees. I'm making those up. Treasury had 500 employees. <laughs> I was going to say Treasury had the other 51, Exactly. Obviously. There you go. That would have been the right one. But it was even more than that. 500? It was, like, 500 employees. <laughs> Right, he just like exploded. <laughs> of, course, of course, Hamilton. The Treasury Department. That's Team No Chill at its at its finest. So, Five hundred. Exactly, Team No Chill. Yeah, that right. Is, he's just like Hamilton. He's so extra, you know. That's it. Like he just was like, <laughs> I'm gonna do all the stuff. I need these many people to do what I'm doing. I don't know what yeah. you guys are doing. Yeah, what I'm doing is super important. I need five hundred people. I'm too busy writing pamphlets. And he was designing lighthouses. Do you know about this? He like yes. he designed lighthouses. Yes. That, that's the that's the one that really goes extra to me. Yeah, it's just like what? Like you have plenty to do. Uniforms. And, like, yeah, yeah. So that's how we got we got uh, the moniker of the Treasury Department from Lynn. Actually, he was the first one who said it. he's like, "Oh, it's the Treasury Department, the biggest department." Well, we took it and ran with it. Of course, um, Ian Weinberger for opening night got us all like legit Treasury Department pins no. and shot glasses. <laughs> From the actual Treasury Department yes. shop, which is open like every month on a Tuesday for three hours or really? something. Just something, yeah. something totally DC like that. <laughs> is that um, a DC thing? They're not open. Yeah, all the like time? any like a government gift shop. Oh, Come okay. on, like when is like? Oh yeah, no, yeah, they take. Yeah. Um, so he called them and got this. So anyway, so we have always called ourselves the Treasury Department. We have we sometimes get together and drink rosé and call it Treasury. We what? we share all kinds of like mostly these days it's kind of like we're lauding each other's accomplishments. Like Madeline is a beautiful composer, yeah. so she does something. Kion also is a writer, so when when he writes something, we sort of like pass it around. Like oh my when, God. when Lack comes out with a Hamel drop, we're like, oh check out the the trombones or the trumpets yes. quoting Alexander Hamilton. Like that's the kind of shit we'll do all the time. That is so cool. Yeah. So it's just a great. It's a great just group of humans who I just, you know, you always say like, I want to stay in touch with you guys, but you kind of don't, but right, we right, right. have, and we do. Yeah. Do you think it's because you guys were like in the trenches of this new Beatlemania? Like you guys lived it and Absolutely. are living it now. Like no one else can really understand it if you're, they're not in it the way you guys are and have been and, and will be. Yeah. So there's no one else you can really talk to about it in that level of shorthand or even say like, remember this or, you right. know, it's like. It's true. Like we were the, we were you before there was you. Like we knew every lyric of Hamilton before. <laughs> Or you did. Honestly, like I, I say it with the greatest of, oh, of as the greatest compliment. Like so it's like your impulse to do that all the time with right. humans, which yeah, is yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. But like we were so it was like the Lord of the Rings. Like we were just the, the fellowship and we had this <laughs> totally. thing. Yeah, yeah. And nobody else knew about it. Yes. And so that was where it was I think you're absolutely right. That's how it was forged. Yeah. And it was a crazy time, it was very intense. There were all these celebrities, there was all this pressure. Oh my god. Um uh, and, and they're just great people like I you know I've done a lot of shows with but different people but like I really you know want to always stay in touch with that group um 
and they just get it. Like when we send out the snobs, they always get the references. They, you know, it's yeah. Just, and it's just exciting to still be a part of like so many people say like, I no, I, I've been with the show for a year, five years, eight years, whatever. Mm-hmm. I still really like it. Like <laughs> I, you're not tired of it. Right. And right. to, to be with something like you're, if you're working like wh- whatever your day to day is, like right. what is your day to day? Like how often are you? Cause I know you and Ian will switch off. Right. You have to have a day, at least a day off <clears throat> yeah, to spend with to, your gorgeous husband uh, and have a life. And Well, since the, we have the indispensable, <laughs> I always say one of the big things I've learned is not to be indispensable <laughs> right. to a show like that because sure. it is a juggernaut and I am a mere mortal. <laughs> And like, not true, but you know, people say like, "Oh, you do all these shows." It's like I, I, you know, I don't do. I probably average about five or six shows a week. Um, the other shows, I might watch one, I might do a rehearsal during one. Yeah, I might just like, yeah, take like. Uh, I feel like sometimes the second show of the day, and I say this knowing like the actors, and they don't get a choice as easily to like have somebody sub in for them. Right. But like, I just feel like I'm not always as sharp as I would like to be for the second show. Right. Um. And I want to always really be present, like really enjoy it as much as you say you saw me enjoy yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, and so, you know, so I think it's really useful and it's great for the cast to have Ian and he's such a steady hand. It's just like it works on so many levels. So we have a really, we make the schedule every week and well, some nights, so some nights I will do a rehearsal like, you know, this last week we have a new guy coming in who's learning the role of Hamilton. So on a two show day, I like did the matinee and then the evening I was in the studio with him rehearsing, which is like so great for me. Like I love getting to do the show that way. Yeah. Cause now we got to talk about rhyme scheme. We got to talk about pitch and rap, you know, like this, Yeah. I get to like show little Easter eggs in the score. Like, like we're doing, um, with somebody who's going to come be in the show. Right. As this podcast <laughs> has gone on, mm-hmm. I've gone from talking to people who didn't know anything about the show to now people saying like, I am the biggest ham fan ever. Right. And now mm-hmm. I'm in. So I can imagine like, do you, are there people who maybe come in and this is no, not a sh- not a shade thing, but like mm-hmm. who think they know, well, I've been listening to the album for however many years. And then you're like, this, there's a little pitch thing here we have to talk about. Like, what is that difference of teaching someone cold yeah. to having almost people having to like unlearn things that they think they know because they're fans and listening to it every day? Totally. Yes. They're, Asking they're... for myself. No, <laughs> right. You're like, and when can we start? Yeah. Like, no, like, oh my God. Clear the room. Never. Have... never. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. And you saw the no- the smile creep onto my face. I did. Yes. Uh, no, nobody, as much as you know it from the album, nobody knows the show. Right. The way, you know, the way we know the show from like the score, I'm just speaking musically. In fact, like sometimes people say to me like, that's, oh, well, that's how it does on the album. And like, I don't listen to the album because I hear the show every day. So I don't go put on the album. It's different voices. It's different choices. It's different um, timing. Like to see you wait for... If so, if there's something, I don't know, like yeah, the GW, there's always a lot of moments with GW yeah. and, and Burr too. We have to kind of like really clock what they're going to do. Exactly. And you can't be on autopilot for that. You no. have to be listening and engaged the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that that's really what I want to do is like, you know, and again, I'm not, like you said, I'm not trying to break anybody down and say, oh, you know, nothing like people who come in with the show. I'm like, great. That's going to give you a big leg up. Stop listening to the album mm-hmm. now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah. like now learn the show our way. And like, let's take in, let's, we're going to iron out these kind of little things that have crept into the melody there or little like, there's so many little like words, like articles are the hardest of versus the versus the, like that there's so many little articles in the show. And like, again, Lynn is so specific and so good that (laughs) I hear them. If somebody says the wrong article, not just in the raps, but in every, the whole show. Yeah. And little notes, like instead of like, they will sing along with it. They'll listen to Pippa sing or, you know, Chris Jackson sing Mm -hmm. and then they'll sing along with it and then they'll sing along with it away from the album and suddenly it's become something slightly different. Yeah. And that's what they bring in and it's like, that's great. I love that. But you are not a fan of the show anymore. You are in the show. Yeah, you're at work now. so we're going to learn it this way. Um, and, and I love that. And most people are cool with it. It's it's hard. It's hard to unlearn something. Totally. Like much harder than learning it. I mean, because think about now, like, again, just going back to the Beatlemania reference. Like, mm-hmm. this has been, I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to an episode where I've said this, but the minute I heard the music, I ordered, I got new headphones <laughs> that a, night. Because I was like, I, this is going to be in my ears forever. Yeah. Just always and always. forever. So when people, the thing about the show is that like, many of us are just right into the deepest end of the pool and just absorbing every single thing we can constantly all the time. And I think people too, I would think maybe, and not to put 
anything on anyone yeah. but when you're auditioning for it and sometimes the audition process can be really long and it can be months Absolutely. and you know th- 13 auditions or callbacks or whatever and I think people would think well if I just keep it in my ears then I'll be more I'll be yeah. as prepared as I possibly can if yeah. I just know it yeah and I try to always have a reason to like like I'm now I've done this enough times like I'm like here help you understand why it is the way it is and not the way you're hearing it and then it's also like just doing it on your own with a piano in a room, which is how we start, or doing it with the staging, or doing it with the costumes and the lights, like it is going to be different. Like, I, 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 I listen. I love that everybody says like I'm a huge fan of the show in every yeah. word. And in your case, I actually do believe that's true. <laughs> I, I hear it like from the people in the audience every night. I know every word. My kid knows every word. And there is a part of me that's just like, great. I love that. But like, because I know right. I've done it now with all these new cast members and with each new company, I've actually been, luckily, I've been part of helping teach the first national tour, second national tour, Chicago, London. Like, yeah. And I, I just know how much there is in it, how hard it is in it. And it's not just the words, it's the rhythms, it's the right. the pitch of your voice, the cutoffs, the intonations. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, every I would never say I know every word to the show. I think you probably do that. I don't, but here's the thing. If I'm listening to it, sure. Yes. If oh, I have without, to carry yes, yes, the... Yes. That's the thing. Like when Morgan Marcel was here, she was saying, because we were talking about her ham for ham where the ladies did my shot, yes. which is like awesome. Right. And she had to, she was like called up to be Hamilton because Philippa Sue was supposed to do right. it and then didn't. And yeah. Lynn was like, I think you should. And she was like, I'm sorry, what? And she, the thing is, as a swing, like she doesn't know my shot, the words to my shot, because she's right. doing 800 other things. Maybe she's the bullet that night. I don't right. know. Um, and we were talking about, she's like, you think you know, yeah, right? Like you think being in the show as a swing, like you would know every word. But the thing is, she goes, maybe you could do it at karaoke. I was like, the thing about karaoke is that the words are on the screen. Right. And so like while you're walking around the city or wherever you are, of course you know it when yeah, it's when they're there. Singing it in your ear but when it's... you are run when you are I'm in the cabin and I'm compl- like that's a whole a whole totally. new ball game. It like there really was is. one night where Mike and I were I forget we were walking somewhere. I, I think it was like cold out. We were trying to like distract ourselves from the cold. We were walking in the subway to somewhere and we were trying we were like taking turns doing like I'm in the cabinet. I'm like trying to get it perfect. Yeah. And first of all it was freezing, so I was distracted by <laughs> that. Hard, I was like, Ugh. Um but we just kept trying to get it perfect. And this is like, oh my God, two years ago in how maybe. Yeah. Um but it's hard and you realize like I, if it was on, yeah. if I was listening to it, I could do it. Yeah, but right. now that I'm like dodging tourists and doing whatever <laughs> I have to do, which is the equivalent, not the equivalent, but when you're on stage during much? Satisfied and you, everyone's Absolutely. going backwards and you have, you have a million totally. things Absolutely. and a chair is being thrown. And if, if one person screws up or, or does the wrong step or whatever, then there's a, this domino effect. Like right. you'll forget those words real quick. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and, and just to like take that one step further, cause I think this is an interesting part of the process a lot of people don't see and like I find myself talking about it to the new company members and occasionally if I'll do a master class on the show is like what's interesting to me is that a lot of people who like learn the material to to perform it either in the show or for an audition or for a thing um, like can learn if they really put their mind to it and have the guide tapes they can learn the music and rhythms pretty tightly but what really doesn't come across sometimes is a word I used to call is like the relief of it mm-hmm. like the ups and downs of the pitch and the stress and unstress yeah which is interesting to me because I think the original company was brilliant at that that's why they were so, part of why they were so brilliant and they like but they lived with those words like they were given those words they grew into them yeah what's interesting is people who hear the album tend to come thinking that it's like my shot is a great example they're like i imagine death so much it feels more like a memory and it's all kind of like pushed all the same way and like it's interesting to me because i feel like it maybe it really feels that way on the album that satisfied is just like she's at the top of her lungs like it's so intense it's so strong but what's interesting is the craft of actually doing that and acting it is not (laughs) being pushed all the time it's actually finding so many more ups and downs than you think yeah and so that's often where i think the real fun of like especially the rap, coaching the rapping stuff, like, and I'm not, you know, a rap aficionado by any stress. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, do it like this, such an album in 98 that came out. Like, right. what I, what my ears are tuned to is like, can you give me the stressed and unstressed words? Can you show me where the rhymes are? Do you, is your ear catch where the rhymes are? Yeah. And like, that is a, a long, interesting road to go on when you come into our company. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, right? It's like, that's, that's yeah. kind of where the... That's what the dividing line yeah. is. Like. And the thing is, like, with my shot and Satisfied in particular, what I'm thinking about is, like, Angelica is is 
telling us this story mm-hmm. right like she's describing it and i just keep i think of that moment where she ha- she puts her hands like above her mm-hmm. head and she like the dream and it's a bit of a dance yes yeah. oh, the best but she's explaining it and she's realizing things mm-hmm. and she's holding back tears mm-hmm. and she's i mean that satisfied is like i remember mike seeing it for the first time and being like i didn't think i'd cry during satisfied. <laughs> but it's for her to fight back those tears in my yeah. shot like hamilton is is discovering things about himself and what he wants yeah. and and the his abilities and and the possibility and like you can't hit that that hard because when people just in life yeah like when you're discovering things you're like oh shit like you're learning, you, like yeah, he, he's coming up with ideas on his own. So if he knew everything, perfect, perfect, perfect. You have to do it perfect enough to please Alex Lacamoire and, and everyone, you know, like get everything done. But you still have to act the shit out of it. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's, you've, said, you've said it very well. Like perfect is not just like bah, 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 machine gun fire. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it really is like. Can you? And that's, I think, why not every performance is different. That's why you go and hear a Hamilton today. You know, go hear Michael Lavoie versus Javi versus Joseph Morales versus you know Austin Scott. Like all these people do it slightly differently because it's not just like hit paint by number. It's like do do you hear the words? Do you hear the rhymes? Does yeah. it feel like freestyle in the sense that all you have is the line right in front of you? Right. That's like that's the guiding principle from Lynn. And I don't and like the fact that he wrote it and did perform it like. It still kind of boggles me, like how he, but like when he does it, you feel like he's coming up with it on the spot. Yeah. And like every once in a while, he would go up on a line and he would come up with it on the spot. Right, right. Um, it's also, I think, why actors, people always ask me to, like, do people go up on lines all the time? And like, very rare because actors are instinctive and they know, they know that if they go up, they won't get back on. And I think they're really good about like living in the moment. And in the moment, you find the next line and you find the next line. You right. find the next line. You have to be listening to everybody all yeah. the time. Yeah. They're not just like reciting a poem. No. Where you might forget a line. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, like you said, the dream and a bit of a dance, it's there in front of you. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's one of the fun things about working on the show with new people. And that's part of my job, my and Ian's job. I wonder where people, cause I know there's a line of when they can improvise and when they can't. Mm-hmm. And what is that like for you to say like, it's great, mm-hmm. but it's just not, you, it's not, you're doing too much of that. Like, does right. that ever happen to, you have yeah. to pull people back a little bit? Yeah. I would say, I mean, like there are moments that are, that should feel a little more ad lib in the show, but like there are, I mean, I would say at least in our company, like there is no improvising on stage. Like anything, anything somebody yeah, does on stage a, is like, the poor no, no, I just yeah. want to clarify. No, that, no, totally. Please. Um, you know, like whatever people are doing is something we've like worked out right. off stage. And it's like, that's what I expect it to be. And like, you know, in the moment, if it's like a little bit more back phrase, a little more like this, like I can sort of evaluate that on like, are we just feeling something today? Right, right. So they talk to you about. Yeah, yeah. We That's part of what the, the front loading, the work, like we get in the room and I'm like, okay, like let's try something that's going to illuminate the text yeah. and again these are very few moments in the show you know them and I'm sure the listeners do it's like yeah. end of one last time maybe the very end of satisfied maybe uh-huh. the end of helpless last chorus like yeah, the yeah. riff down like there are very few moments because again what Lynn wrote was not like here's a word and now sing it for as long as you want it's yeah. like <laughs> A riff or a, a gesture like that vocally has to be really tied, yeah. and really motivated to what that word is and how it's hitting you. And right when we first started, and especially when Lack first left being the music director and I took over, like I honestly wasn't totally sure where those lines were. Yeah. Like I'll say that, you know. And he was working with the Chicago company, and they were doing different stuff. And I was like, oh wait, is that like what you want, or is that just for them? And yeah. And what I've really, I've really just as I said earlier in the podcast, I really just have watched and listened to him. And over time, I've kind of identified like what the parameters are for each one. And, you know, obviously the biggest one is like, do we understand the words? Like if we don't understand what you're saying, you're just like tongue out riffing, like forget it. Like that's not our show. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that, but that's not our show. I need to understand the words. It's so funny that you say that because it makes so much sense. It's the wordiest show ever. Yeah. And it makes sense, but it, I never would have thought of that because that's never been a problem for me well, but i know it has that's been a, i'll take a bow for yes that. you should you should the work of the music department. because i know you know a lot of listeners say to me look i'm taking my husband or my sister-in-law or yeah. my friend or whatever and they're they're not they're not like us like they yeah. haven't listened to it <laughs> right. or they I'm, I'm afraid they're not going to get it number one yeah. and i'm afraid that they're not going to get it in the sense where things are going to get right. lost right, right. and sometimes things are just going to get lost and like i i also get emails too like like what <laughs> 
what should I look for during certain <laughs> yes, scenes? Right. And I'm like, there are oh, things man. that I particularly like, yes. but please don't get hung up on no, no, no. looking at things. Like, go where your eye takes you yeah. and you're gonna, there's there's stuff on the walk around and there's stuff in the corners and Thane is probably hanging off something if you're always. at the Broadway cast or whatever. Um, <laughs> so people always want to be like looking for right. things and figuring those things out and they're they're worried that that n- newbies, so yeah. to speak, like won't get it. No, and, and we, we ride the diction on all of that and, you know, we, I work constantly, I should give a shout out to the, our sound department. We've talked about yeah. it already, but like Justin and ALC, like we are constantly in communication. And if they're like, you know, so-and-so is dropping a line. Cause I don't always hear it. Like when I'm conducting, like I hear a different thing than the house hears. Yeah. So like I, I have a pretty good sense of what's going on on stage and what I know what I'm hearing. And I take notes during the show, but like, I won't hear if in this one cue at the end of satisfied, the symbol crash covers this word. Yeah. So they'll tell me stuff like that and I'll write it down. I'll go talk to that person. They do an amazing job. Also like our other conductors, Ian and Mike Moyes, who's our assistant conductor, like pass on things to me like, Hey, so-and-so like sometimes I just don't hear it. You know, I'm only one human. Yeah. You're doing, um, some but other we're things. really writing like diction. And this is a really good point of what you're saying, that idea of getting it, like take the, take one last time or remember it happens. Like, at all those big moments when a lead vocal is doing something that feels kind of free and improvisatory, the ensemble is supporting them and they're also saying words that are important. So like one of the cool parameters I've learned from Lack is that the person, the lead solo has to also be informed by what the ensemble is saying. Okay. Which is like, just unpack that for a second. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, okay. And let end of one last time. He's like, you and I, George Washington's going, you're going home. Yeah. If they're if he's not hearing them saying George Washington's going home, right? Then you just have a person, a, a sort of star vocalist riffing over the top of something. So that's one of the things like we try right. to ride the balance of, like for an actor, like can you hear and feel them and make space for them to be present instead of just yeah. riffing through the whole thing. Like, especially with our cast, like these guys, Trico, Javon, James, who've been around a lot, like they know, they know, they can read my face, like a, like the front page of the New York Times, like they know, they, Javon calls it like the gopher hole, like my head will just pop up, because if you see the stage of the Rogers, I think, they're not, not, not all the tours are like this, but the Rogers and I think Chicago have the little cutout, so I really am like a -a whack-a-mole in there, (laughs) or lack-a-mole, if you will. Um, yes. And like, if oh, there's anything perfect. I hear that's out of the ordinary, like I just my head just like pops up, and you know they don't all make icon. Javon will just like look right at me, and he'll be like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of nonverbal communication that happens like that, right? Uh, and same thing with the band. It's like you know we're all humans. Like people make mistakes in the band, and like part of my job as a music director is like I will look towards that person if I hear something, and I just expect them to meet my eyes and go like. Yeah. Yes, I acknowledge I heard that too. I didn't intend to do that. Or right. Um, like I said before, like the vast majority of the time, like our ca- the casts are incredible, and instinctively, I think people don't get off. Like it happens so much. The Burr's corners, I think, make it feel like it happens a lot more it's, than it actually it's true. does. Yeah, it's very rare, and and most of the time, it's like a word here or there, like that I would notice, and you you won't notice, but like the audience <laughs> would notice. Uh, it's a word or two here or there, like yeah, the, yeah. the ones that make it to those videos. Like, I mean, yes, are. For those of us in the company, are a little um, are a little dis- disrupting for, yeah, at the moment, right? Because it's just like you don't you have to understand when you're in the show eight times a week, like your body is pro your circadian rhythms are so programmed to this that like if somebody, I know if somebody's a little sick before they say a word, I know if somebody yeah, yeah, like yeah. had too much lunch because they breathe a little heavy, like it just is incredible. So when somebody goes up on a word or a line, it feels like the biggest thing in the world, right? It's probably not like right. the, somebody's audience doesn't even notice. I don't want it to ever become a thing that it's like interesting to get back on track. Cause like there's always a, you know, there's always a, a word. There's always a hook you can get back on. In the of next course. Line. Yeah. I, no, I've never had to actually like yell out a line to somebody, but like I, I would do that if it got 
if it got to the point where they had nothing else and no one else on stage, on stage, no could, help on stage them? could help them like i would give it to them because yeah, i mean you're kind of stuck you're yeah. kind of sunk if somebody really can't get <laughs> yeah. back if they really go to that white room um but yeah by and large it's it only takes a line or two and somebody finds way back in the band sure there are you know, I've certainly stepped in a few things. Um, yeah. We step in a few things. The things that are most noticeable, I actually find, are often like tech issues that are really nobody's fault. Maybe it's like a wrong patch on a keyboard. Something gets stuck. The, the technological things happen. And we, again, we have a great team to deal with it. Sure. We do it quickly. But those are usually the only things that are noticeable. Like, yeah. I'm, I've had, you know, what I consider major flubs of like hitting things. And like nobody even looks no. yeah, looks my way. So, yeah. Um, but we have a lot of, again, nonverbal communication throughout yeah, the yeah. whole show down there. Um, it's funny you were talking about um, the different stages, like if everyone mm-hmm. has the little lack-a-mole, which is my favorite <laughs> new hashtag, by the way. Um, but when I went to, when Mike and I went to Vegas and hung out with the Philip Company, uh-huh. and uh, Lily Ling was there, and <clears throat> she amazing. told, so she's good. awesome, yeah. she's just the coolest. Um, there were cast members who learned for the first time that like the conductor will get a Reynolds pamphlet mm-hmm. because they're oh, because oh, yeah. all the from the if they just joined at the tour and Nick was like yeah so here's the thing Thane's whatever track Thane is like he would hand the or he would come out of the the conductor's pit or oh, whatever do the conductor pit That's because right. it depends on the theater more than like you know oh how many of you are down there like did you play that all yourself like the number one audience comment is like oh did you take that Reynolds pamphlet or whatever um, that is like the one really noticeable thing the conductor does in the show to the right. audience because we didn't do the pamphlet on off Broadway because the pit was like backstage. So we get to Broadway and during tech they added the Thane coming out of the hole. They added the Reynolds pamphlet and frankly I wasn't sure that either of them would make them make it to the final version because yeah. they were kind of those like in the moment things. Tommy's like yeah sure hand him the thing we're like yeah sure <laughs> have him come out of there and like you know Tommy is so brilliantly understated all the time. I wasn't sure was like is he just like doing that to. Have fun in tech, or is that actually part of the show now? Right, yeah, yeah. Is he and just, yes, just ending someone and then exactly? Like, and we'll then see. it just sta- although actually there, w- this is a thing. I don't know if you're right. This there, there's always a conductor moment in their shows. Like in ninety six thousand in the Heights, mm-hmm. there's a moment where the conductor reaches up and holds hands. So to me, that's like the yeah. the parallel moment. And so anyway, I get to my first show conducting, <laughs> and I'm playing Reynolds Pamphlet. I get to the end, and I see a note in my score that just says, you know, because it's I'm like, what are all the changes and what's the thing? And I see a note that says play. Uh, play right hand only and I'm like what 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 play oh and I looked up and David is standing there like with his pamphlet in front of me he's like oh right, oh, left, right. Yeah, yeah. right left hand I oh mean just God. the the number of do people really ask you did you play that all yourself oh uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm sorry I don't mean to laugh you're but... like there's an orchestra down there I'm like did you not hear a violin maybe right. did or... you not hear that gorgeous string build and that would be enough <laughs> I mean, or any of the drums right, or exactly. any of yeah, the drums the, right like, no, I, but I'd like take it as a moment to point out, yes, is no. the band. Yeah. And I, I, I say like most of it's live, you know, most of the show is live. Right. I try to engage people like that, but it is just a shock me that they don't realize, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sitting like <laughs> five feet and not even in front of the front row. Like I can, I can hear them cough and sneeze and kick the, you know, stage and behind Put me. their bags and, on the stage and um, be horrible. It's a lot. Yeah, but it's <laughs> exactly for their drinks. We have had drinks spill into the pit. I mean, that's not fun. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we've tried to like rubbermaid it all along. You like, guys, please don't do that. I feel like none of my listeners would ever do anything like that. But please, I hope not. just don't drink your do drink. That. Don't just, put it on the floor. Those no, are you're gonna kick it over. Exactly. Drinks, I'm just saying. And, and you, expensive guitars that they drip that on. That too. Yeah. Yes, of course. And also, you get like a cool glass. Exactly. A, a cup to I take away. Say. Yeah. yeah. Not, which I have. Um, a we also try of. and get. Ian might have said this too. We try and get new cast members to sit in the pit. I think it's really great if they get to like experience what goes on because yeah. they're never gonna hear it the same way once they're in the show. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and they're always like, oh my God, I didn't know the guitar did this. I didn't know the strings do this. That's the thing I love. Like people in the show learning yeah. things about it, like yeah. halfway through their oh my journey along with it. I always it's point crazy. out to, who is it? I think it was Donald Weber actually. I pointed out he was like maybe about to leave, leave the show. And it was something well, during, something during for, Helpless. For well, Puerto leave Rico. Broadway, I should say. <laughs> he was about to leave the show. And I was like, oh yeah, that's why um, in Helpless, when she says, my father makes her way across the room to you, the strings do the tremolo. Because it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <gasps> what's going to happen? Because they play the same thing yeah, yeah, on yeah. tremolo. And at that moment, they go. Two weeks later in the living room stressing. My father's stone faced while you're asking for his blessing. I'm dying inside as you whine and dine. And I'm trying not to cry because there's nothing that you mind can't do.
And like, I'll take this moment to give like a huge shout out to this band. Like, I mean, oh, yes, I appreciate please. being here, but like every single member of that band, you know, Johnny Dinklage, Aaron on V2, uh, Mario, Anja in the string section, Robin Makatangai, who's incredible on guitars. Uh, obviously the key- keyboards we've talked about, yes. Richard Hammond, Benny Reiner, and Andres Ferrer. I mean, the most incredible yes. rhythm section you could ever ask for. Yes, and you're all welcome. Please, come Seriously, on. Seriously, please, please come That's, on. I would love to talk you would to learn, you. You would learn way more than you'd learn from me from them because their view of the show is completely different. Yeah. If you think about it, like, they have a, lived a full life with the show, right. and their part of it is so specific and so That's the, Yeah, the integral. specificity of it. Yeah. Yeah, what are the things we have yeah, to talk co- about? Choral music, I have oh, in my notes, yes. yeah. Take a sip first, of course. I mean, my God, I'm not so, a monster. So, maintaining a long-running Broadway show. <laughs> we talked about, you know, a little <laughs> bit like principles and new people coming to the show. Um, I think it's an oft-overlooked fact that there's a lot of ensemble singing in Hamilton. Yes. A lot of choral singing in Hamilton. Like, a lot. And I was, before I came on here, actually, I was like, I want to know how much exactly. Because, you know, it's in a number of the songs and we'll be in for a little bit. Yeah. So what I remembered is that in preparing to do the Hamilton recording in 2016, 2015, actually, uh, Alex Lackamore had one of these music assistants in the Department of the Treasury make a list of every bar that had parts in it because he needed to schedule things that tightly to get them recorded. Right. So oh he God. was at the theater on Saturday. I was like, Lack, what is that? Where's that list? And he had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, look in your Google Sheets or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we found it. So we found out there's like 726 bars <gasps> of choral singing in the show. And we were like, put our nerd glasses on. We're like, okay, and how many, how many bars? So we looked up the number of bars in the show, which he also had written down, which is like 3,300 something. And quick calculation. And it turns out that about 20% of the show is ensemble singing. Wow. So that amounts to a roughly 30 minutes. So if you think about like a 30 minute choral concert and like what that is like, what it takes to get, you know, 21 people to sing in a choral, a choral concert together for 30 minutes. Or another way you could put it is like every five bars in the show, out of every five bars, one bar would have like part singing in it. So that is a lot is what I'm trying to get at. Like, yes. I don't actually know the numbers for other shows. I should have looked. I mean, but I would guess like Carousel, Wicked. I mean, we're talking about like 5% if that right. of the show is like actual ensemble yeah. choral singing. So Hamilton has a lot of it and they are dancing and separate most of the time. Yeah. So one of the biggest parts of Ian and my job is maintaining all of this choral music in the show, which is not easy. So what do, what do you mean by maintaining? <laughs> Meaning like when you hear, you know, no one else was in and they sing the room where it happens, the room yeah. where it happens, the room where it happens. That is a series of individuals all singing different notes, different parts that form a chord. Right, so we want to make sure a the chord is in tune, b the chord uh-huh. is balanced, c the chord is like moving together rhythmically. Right, that is a lot of things to maintain. Uh-huh. And now keep in mind, we also have, as you said, the lovely insert in the show. We're also changing cast members on a daily basis. Swings coming on, you know, so we want to make sure if a swing goes on for man two instead of man three, that they sing the tenor note in that chord and not the baritone note. If a standby goes on for Lafayette Jefferson, he has to sing the baritone note in this song instead of Mulligan Madison, who sings the tenor note. And right. if, if they don't do that, <laughs> the chords start to get like unbalanced and they don't sound as good. And that is a lot of information That's a on lot. top of the things we've already talked about. Yes. Thomas Plains. Alexander was on Washington's doorstep one day in distress and disarray. Thomas Plains. Alexander said, I've nowhere else to turn. And basically begged me to join the fray. Thomas Plains. I approached Madison and said, I know you hate him, but let's hear what he has to say. Thomas Plains. Well, I arranged the meeting. I arranged the menu, the venue, the seating. But no one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one really knows how the party's ETS. The pieces that are sacrificed in every game of chess. We just assume that it happens. But no one else is in the room where it happens. Yeah, that original cast kind of handicapped it for everybody because they just did they just did things. They just they were superheroes. And everybody right. who is in the show in those parts now are superheroes. But like you know, the for instance, like talking about choral music, in the show we have five women ensemble mm-hmm. and we have three Skylar Stitches. That's it. There's eight women. And like when you listen to those chords on the album, like they are full voiced chords. Yeah. And we only have eight women's, which means that 
the Angelica, the Eliza, and the Mariah are singing in the back. And like I say, the background. We actually call it the surround because yeah, I yeah. want them to feel like they're in the background. Sure. But when they're upstairs, they are responsible for singing those parts. Right. And you know, those original women in, in those roles just did it. And so everybody who else comes in has to do it. <laughs> you do it. So anyway, so to the point of like keeping the choral music clean, like Ian and I do these music brush ups, you know, every maybe three to four weeks on average, we get the whole cast together either in the theater or in a studio and we like give vocal notes and we sing it like it's a choral music rehearsal. Tenors, here, you know, do this part, spot check these notes. Yeah. Everybody reminder, here's the rhythm on this. And, yeah. And then we give individual notes. We'll go to a swing and say, hey, when you were on for this person, you sang the wrong note or you were sticking out, you were too loud. Right. And that's the only way, it's kind of like a combination of formal rehearsals and like guerrilla, you know, like yeah. very targeted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and then also working with Justin, because he'll tell me like, oh, so-and-so was sticking out a little bit. And it's, it's we're constantly chasing our tail. Like it's, it's we are, ne- we will never be satisfied, <laughs> yes. is what we say to ourselves. Yes. and again, puns were the, puns were the only <laughs> other thing the on my good. list. <laughs> Whatever you said. So anyway, it's, it's a joy to get to do it. But oh, it's a I'm sure. Kurt, are you ready to take some questions from the Patreon yes, peeps? Yes, please. Bring it bring it on. Patreon peeps, wonder powers, activate. <laughs> Perfect. If I were Shockwave, this would be much more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and Patreon peeps. Dear Alexander. When people are over, there's like this evergreen question that the the peeps have have landed on. But I have I'm going to hijack you peeps for just a minute. So the question is, what if you were an actor, what do you say during the what I call the Toronto part of Room Where It Happens? The company screams in chaos. (laughs) So good. Congress is fighting over where to put the capital. It isn't pretty. But I have heard, and some people say, you know, like Neverland right. or your mom's house or right. whatever. Or some people are just like, I say Virginia. Like, I, I do. A lot of people say Virginia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've been told that it's a very specific oh rhythm. And uh-huh. sometimes, like, you know, Javon was saying he said Kofefe mm-hmm. uh, a couple times. Yes. Um, so I just would love for you to just walk the listeners through what the specificity of that rhythm is. Because... <laughs> A lot of people have shouted you out and a lot of things where it's like, Kurt, if you're listening, I promise I've only done this once. Wink, wink. I only but. just like so wish that Ian had gotten this question because like <laughs> I just love to watch when people do the rhythm wrong, like his brain like boils. Right. And I see it in his face. Well, he's the one who told me about Neil Haskell saying your mom's house. Your mom's house, which is actually has to be your mom's house, not your mom's. Okay, so here's the real yeah, problem. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Is that um, meanwhile, Congress is fighting over where to put the capital beat two and beat two is where the sound has to start. So if you say capital and then you pick up into that beat two, so it's capitals one, so it's capital uh, If you pick up into that, then you're gonna be early. And the problem is a lot of place names, a lot of the ones you just mentioned, Toronto, <laughs> Virginia, your mom's house, Cafefe, have like a little pickup. You feel this, the stress is on the second syllable. Oh, right. So your instinct would go capital, Cafefe. But you actually can't do that. You have to go capital, Cafefe. You have to wait until uh-huh. beat two starts to start your word. And why is that? Because what happens otherwise is that if you've you know heard on the album or in the in the well the album's a different thing because people said other, but like in the show it's a really exciting moment yes. because it just literally feels like out of nowhere and the lights change. Right. He's Burr's doing this narrative kind of the capital sound and then stops and it's amazing when it's all different pitches and sounds. But if you are the one guy saying Virginia. What we're going to hear is capital V. Oh, yeah. So we it's hear the start v. and stop in the same. Right. So we can't hear the ver of Virginia. 
before everybody else starts or else it just sounds like a solo that is just badly done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so that is the real kind of like magic behind that. Oh, I I, I mean, that. I love like people trying to fit as many syllables in as they can. Right. <laughs> you know, they actually had to make a list in the London cast. They had to make a list of acceptable words. Because they were like, what? Because like they, they didn't know. even know where to start. Right. Like they all know like Chicago and New York <laughs> and like you can't have them all saying New York. So their assistant say, But assistant you can't say New York because don't you need three beats? Or am I crazy? Oh, so, so that's the other thing. Not everybody has to say the same rhythm. It's not Cafe, Virginia. No, no. It, it can be Boston or... Oh, or, uh, that's why. Scranton. Yeah, okay. Or, um, I think of, why can't I think of a one-syllable word? York. Yeah, you know? no, now I can't either. Yeah, but like it can... No, that's the thing. Is it's not... Ba -ba -ba. It's any it's any city that is like somewhat appropriate. Uh huh. I mean, Toronto's stretching a little bit, but yeah. like so. So is your mom's house? <laughs> exactly. You know? uh, no, it, it should be all different. It shouldn't be uniform at all, as long as it starts on B two and ends on B three. Got it. That's the magic of it. That's. <laughs> you can all practice at home. <laughs> you rewind the podcast. Let me go. Meanwhile, Congress, Congress is fighting over where to, to put, put the, the capital. To right. off. There you go. <laughs> you ready for Hamilton? Yes, perfect. You guys, we booked it. <laughs> We did it. Another London thing, because I, I went over there a little bit during casting, is that we get we got a lot of, um, we were doing this like boot camp, which is like trying out new dancers for the show, and yeah. they did Room Where It Happens. And we got of, we just assume that it happens, <gasps> the room where it happens. And I was like, that it's... doesn't rhyme. Like, it, will, will it ruin it if we take that away? Like, will it sound weird? Right. But ultimately we tried it without, and then I wasn't there. I don't know what Lack actually did in the final version, but like I had them saying very Americanly assume assume yeah instead of assume that it happens because that doesn't rhyme with the room where it happens no it doesn't you don't think about it for the ensemble vocals as much you know but like and for rhyming yeah for rhyming actually okay so Melissa is asking we've heard a lot about the audition process for actors what's the auditioning slash hiring process for the musicians ah great thank you Melissa um, <laughs> so I, I will speak mainly to the, the Broadway company which is the one that I that I oversee and Basically, the, the band as it stands in the show is the original band. The only change that has happened is that Alex left to become the supervisor, mm -hmm. I bumped up, and Ian took over my chair. Oh, really? Everybody else is exactly the same as since the public. Oh, my so, God. But now, if you go to like a Friday night show, you're not necessarily going to hear the entire original band because the musicians are able to sub out their show. So right. unlike the actors where they have to be sick or get a personal day or get approved to be out of the show, the musicians in kind of consultation with me, the music director, can take a show off, you know, to do whatever, just to be at home with their daughter or right. to go on a trip for the weekend Maybe. or to play play another gig. Actually, they can't play another Broadway show, but they can, but they can play like a jazz gig that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And that helps them stay around for a long time. However, they what they have to do is find their own subs <clears throat> and they have to train their own subs. So basically, like, they, they can come to me and say, hey, I'm thinking about this person to learn the book. Oh. I say, okay, you know, I'm willing to try that person. That person will then come and watch, watch in the pit and watch this person play, get the score, go practice it, come in, practice on the instruments, meet me, watch a show, talk to me about certain cues. It's a long process they have to go yeah. through. And then they'll actually play their first show. But what's crazy about that is that they don't get a rehearsal with the band. Oh their God. first time they do it with the band is a real live show. No. <clears throat> Absolutely. Every single time. That doesn't stress you out? It. I mean, it did when I started. But like, like you're trusting, I guess because you trust that you're mus Yeah, you trust that so the much. players know, I mean, they know better than me even, like what about their book is particularly right. challenging. And, and our band does a great job. Like Robin, the guitar player, he takes so much care and extra hours with everybody Aww. like making sure they know all the sounds and all the touch and articulations and everything so they do they do an incredible job preparing because of course it it serves them well if that person does well of course you know, if they don't do well they then get they, more days off they don't get yeah they don't get to, get to come back <laughs> yeah. um so that's kind of crazy so that is there's not really an audition process it's a little more informal than that but they'll come to me and say i'm thinking of this person you know if i know something good or bad about them i'll say it right um but generally it's like on them to sort of prepare that person and then the then they do it for real for the first time <gasps> in front of a live audience oh my god and they do a great job by and large it's like you know 95 percent of people like knock it out of the park michelle is asking i'm so curious to know when composing arranging writing music how do you know when it's done i feel like there may be times when the tweaks can be never ending at what point do you stop and declare it complete uh michelle reference earlier in this podcast when i said that the <laughs> score of hamilton still gets updated once a year right um yeah i think you know that was so, so interesting like i just 
I cannot believe my good fortune that I got to watch this show be written. And like, if I hadn't, I almost don't think I would believe that they actually did it. Like right. these humans came into a room and did that. Totally. Um, you just know it's just, it, there's a, there's a fit. There's like a swing, you know, in musician world, we talk a lot about this thing called swing. It's like not just literally meaning like swing music, like that your grandparents dance to. It's uh-huh. like Kurt, Mike, and I know, still dance to swing. Music. I mean, like, excuse listen, you. My, I do too. I love swing. Oh, awesome. I love swing dancing. Yeah, oh. I know. I know the pretzel. Yes, yeah. we should totally go. Oh, yeah, I love it. Let's have a double date with Especially swing with dancing. Live music. Yes, it's the best. Um, but swing is just like when something. It's just you just know it when you feel it. It feels right. Right. It feels in the pocket. Is another music you know, musician terms I'm throwing yeah. out. Like, so I have to feel like that's a lot of what Lynn and Lack at least were operating from. I know less about like. Tommy and Andy's brain. You compose and arrange a lot of That's things true. yourself. So yeah. when do you know, like, like again, Deanna, I'm sorry. Like, are your ears? I love this. What is here. happening? But um, when she was saying how you made the arrangement for "Got the World on a String" for her wedding oh, with Jenny yeah, Harney, which is like the most gorgeous thing ever. How do you know, like, this arrangement's done yeah i guess okay that's a great that's a great way to say it like here's what i've learned again watching and observing lack yeah. particularly yeah is like you put everything you've got into your first draft you you really take the time and effort to make a great first draft yeah and you put it out there and you look at it and you like kick the tires on it, you play it through and there will be spots that like stick out to you and maybe only you about like that's not as good as the rest of the thing and your second draft you'll fix all of those things and then your third draft is when you know maybe you'll get like a little input from a collaborator or that kind of magic thing that comes in on the wind, yeah. you know, or Lynn will whisper, or Andy will do something in the choreography. They'd be like, Oh wait, it should be this. Yeah, this would be cool. land on something. Or like, like Skylar sisters. Maybe you like totally reinvent on a note. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. like the, that third, I don't mean literally the third draft, but like that's the third step is like that extra stuff comes in. And then you kind of like can sit back and like look at it. And that, that's usually like my process as a ranger. Like I put everything I have in the first draft and I don't think about, whether it's going to be perfect or not. I'm just like, this is what it feels like. This is what it sh- it's shaped like. I get to the end, I sit back, I play it through, and there's going to be a couple things that stick out to me like a sore thumb. Right. And maybe I'll sit on them for a day and like har- harumph around. And, like the next morning <laughs> over coffee, I'll like try and make something better and yeah. usually come up with a better draft. And then the third one is like showing it to my collaborator, the singer who's going to do the arrangement or the musicians who are going to play it. And they will inevitably, even unintentionally, by something they play by mistake or something they say, We'll go, oh, yeah, that's what it's missing. Right. And those are kind of the three steps. They're not literally like three drafts. But like yeah, that to yeah. me. And then at that point, I don't know. That's the hard point. Because then it's like you either become obsessed with like trying to make it right. Right. Or you just kind of go, yeah, that's that's great. I'm yeah. going to live, let that live mm-hmm. and move on to the next thing. And maybe it'll come back to me. You know, it'll make a circle and come back yeah, to me in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what I love about it. I, and the key to that is having the collaborator. Like I don't. What I don't know about composers, I think about classical composers, like who wrote just like in their study and like just wrote with a pen on paper. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how they didn't do it with collaborators. And maybe I just don't know the full story, but like watching this team up close, like right. they would be lost without each other. They're all brilliant, but they would be lost without each other. Like you don't know what that third step is. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah. And I think that's such a valuable lesson. That's why I love musical theater. Like there are a lot of other arts and musical fields I would love to be in but musical theater is by nature so collaborative like when the stage manager has to come to me and say don't do this cutoff because I have a six seven second fade on the lights you know like this is something you might know but in Edgehams the kids always applaud earlier than the other audiences and for not as long mm-hmm. and so oh, like oh for not as long and for not as long because they're not like a typical Broadway very, audience they're the most animated so they, they clap, love to say no to this and then it just stops the huh. clapping just stops and so we have these like beautiful fades built in like the end of Quiet Uptown like a long, slow cutoff. Yeah. And then a light fade because the audience is like pittering out. Crying. And then we go on. Sniffling. And like at the end of Quiet Uptown at Edgeham, they applaud and they stop. And so the stage manager <laughs> so says, funny. hey, I have a six second light fade out. So you need to. So I end up kind of massaging the end of Quiet Uptown. Right. In a slightly different way. And it's just like so funny to me because like there's not a musical reason to do that. But I am meeting with my collaborator because we are making things together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lights are part of this world. To make the show what the audience needs, yeah. I guess. I, mean, I guess if I were in... Oh, I'm far away from the mic. I guess if I were in opera, I would go like, no, I'm the conductor. Fix the lights, you know? Right. But like I love or that about musical theater. Or they'll just sit there in silence exactly. until I... <laughs> no, but I love that about musical theater. Yeah. Like, we're all serving each other. Yeah. I think we touched on this a little bit, but Abby's asking, are orchestration, vocal, or arrangement changes made to accommodate different actors or changes made for other reasons, new technology, etc.? Mm, that's a great question. Um, so 
no to the first one. I mean, again, other than the thing we talked about with soloists about like kind of massaging someone yeah, for yeah. their voice. There's like a spot in um, Yorktown, the world turned upside down in the first chorus. Not throwing my shot, not throwing my shot, not throwing, just like kind of, till the world turns upside down, till the world turns upside down. And that harmony, like it was so brilliantly done, the first version of it from Lack, and it just stayed. Yeah. And then, for whatever reason, as soon as pe- people started dancing, it never sounded quite as good. Yeah. Because if you see the show, they're literally running with rifles at yes. that moment. Yeah. Just like, never was quite as satisfying to us. And so, like, over the years, this was like a long back and forth. Like, Lack proposed an addition. I proposed a different way to change it for a while. Like, we had different ones in different companies because we were yeah. trying them out. I mean, it's such a weird little laboratory. But, like, eventually we've settled on a version that works. But, like, other, besides that, there's no real, like, changes to that stuff. The technology, though, is... That's a real thing. Like, we actually switched uh, piano sounds about a year into the show. And I don't mean just, like, the King piano sounds. Like, we changed the whole... Uh, software program it was oh. using to drive it. What are, what are you using now? You said Finale before? It's actually a program called Mainstage. Oh, okay, that, cool. So that's what's running all the keyboards. Just because the listeners are going to want to Totally, know. yeah. And this is Randy Cohen is brilliant. He's our programmer. And so we've been using Mainstage all the way throughout, but they use certain like piano libraries. And I probably, I may not I'm supposed to say the real one because it's probably proprietary. Okay. <laughs> but like it is on uh, the actual library, but like we switched pianos. And what's really interesting is that it totally changed the way I played the show. And it's funny because Lack and I used to talk during the first year of the show and like he would have some like wrist problems and like mm-hmm. I was getting some like body issues. He had from, like, like a wrist playing. thing when he Ian came over. I was like, are you sure I can like get rid of this keyboard? Are you still <laughs> one day off and you have like a right. wrist thing? Like you guys are just such angels and not like no, I'm but, the mere mortal in the no, room, it's, honestly. But it's a lot. It's because it's a lot of playing and of it's course. over and over and you want to make sure it's really present for the cast, whatever. So we were all kind of like beating our ourselves up a little bit on this patch and for whatever reason we changed about a year into the show it was because of chicago actually when chicago production started they tried a new sound in chicago and it like changed everything and they liked it sound liked it much better oh. nevin steinberg our brilliant sound designer was yeah. like yeah i like the way this sounds so we brought it back to broadway and it's it's this sounds so nerdy it's literally on just another piano sound it has slightly more overtones to it and it's a little just like different in the way it responds on mm-hmm. a keyboard and it like changed my playing and I actually have to say like saved me really because I, I was really starting to get like tendonitis feeling problems yeah not actually tendonitis but like just like real soreness and stuff and with this new sound it's the same keyboard same notes right yeah 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 but just the sound of it really changed that so I don't know how much it changed the audience's experience of the show, but it drastically changed mine Yeah, for the better. Oh, wow. So just real quick, we're going to get back to Hamilton, but we have some Montana peeps. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. They're so excited you're here. <laughs> Laura, Joel, Marsha, Kathy. Laura's saying, I work from home on the Gulf Coast for a small baby brand from Bozeman, Montana. Yeah. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yep. <laughs> um, it's thrilling to get to see those mountains when I go up to the corporate office. I'd love to know what you love and miss most about big sky country. Oh Kathy is saying, my middle son went to Carroll College. Uh-huh. Go Saints. <laughs> yep. Go Saints. Uh, so I had fun watching Sir Kirk. <laughs> Instagram of his Montana wedding. Uh-huh. I was hoping you could ask him in general about his wedding highlights, mm. besides obviously marrying the person you love the most. Aww. It looked glorious. So there's a lot here yeah. in the Montana oh well, category. Listen, I could I could make a whole other podcast yes, about Montana. Yes, happy to. I just love, yeah, I love being, I love being from Montana. I mean, I, my parents still live there in Helena. Mm-hmm. I go back uh, at least twice a year. I try to go once in the summer, once in the winter, because both seasons are incredible and incredibly different. Oh God, it look, your Instagram is like, they should, <laughs> The tourism board or whatever should take some of those photos. It's gorgeous. I mean, listen, growing up, you know, a a kid in Montana, I mean, thank God. So we had a little community theater in Helena, which I will definitely give a shout out to, the Grand Street Theater. Perfect. uh, After school classes. And like, how else would I have known there was such a thing as Broadway, that there were musicals? Like, we listened to soundtracks. They had all the vocal selections as soon as they came out. So my friends from Grand Street Theater would come over and we'd play... Les Mis, like vocal selections. I would be at the piano. I would like assign the parts and I would sing the harmonies. I mean, this is like actually where the craft of music directing starting like age eight, nine, oh 10, God. all through teenage years. Yeah. Um, I actually left Montana when I was in high school to go to a boarding school. My parents still live there. I would come back on breaks, but I, that was kind of the one thing about like, as I was saw high school rolling around the corner, I was like, okay, I love arts and music. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm gay. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure how well this is going to go over. Like yeah. I could do, and I, I, you know, I love the state. I love a lot of people there, but this opportunity came up to go to a boarding school in New Hampshire. So I went there for the four years of high school and got to study music and composition and choral music and all these things. 
But that actually almost made me appreciate Montana more because I would come home flying in on the plane from the East Coast and see these big mountains oh, looming out. Yeah. Um, in the summers, I would go hiking because I really wanted to explore it. So I think it actually kind of like helped save my relationship with Montana, the fact yeah. that I went away. And I still consider it absolutely the place I'm from. Um, so much so that this summer, uh, my my husband and I, who's he's, he's Cuban, he grew up in Cuba. Yeah. So those were kind of our two options. Cuba's a little more complicated logistically <laughs> to get married. So he was on board. He said, let's do Montana. And uh, we got married outside of Bozeman um, at this place called Headwaters Ranch. It's actually at the headwaters of the Missouri River. Beautiful place. New venue. Alex Lacamoire and Ian played the piano, like played the piano and bongos. Get this, no less. <laughs> And Perfect. we had two friends of mine sang and two castmates of Carlos's from On Your Feet sang. Oh my God. Um, it was glorious. Like Montana is really, you know, a, a place I carry very near and dear to my heart. And actually side, you can edit this out if you want, but I later, as, as I had gotten into Hamilton, I started reading a lot about this time period. And um, something you learn about if you grew up in Montana is the Lewis and Clark expedition, mm-hmm. which like fine, Lewis and Clark, they came out, they met Indians, they went up rivers. I had never in my life connected that to this time period until I picked up this book called Undaunted Courage about Jefferson. And it was all about how Mary- Meriwether Lewis was his like personal aide, like kind of lived in the White House with him. Like they would just like walk around these two bachelors in the White House, have dinner parties with James Madison and Gallatin, who was secretary of state. And then Jefferson was an avid, you know, naturalist scientist. He wanted Lewis to go out and explore the West. So he sends Lewis and Clark out in 1803, so Hamilton is still alive. Yeah. They go out, meet in St. Louis, and they start up the the Missouri River. Up the river, by the way, in the 1800s. I mean, wait, yeah, I was going to say, wait a second. <clears throat> they traveled by water, <laughs> boats on the river, and like oarsmen like pushing no, the boat up, up the river, river. And horses on the banks pulling the boats. And they traveled thousands of miles this way. It took, well, it took them basically three years to get to the coast and back. Because now, now that I was reading about this, I was like, wait a minute, this is the same time period where Hamilton had to travel in these rickety carriages with his writing desk. Right, yeah. And like they were out, you know, in, in the, basically traveling through Montana when Hamilton was shot. They didn't learn that he was dead until 1806 when they got back. So it just like finally wow. connected even the place that I'm from, even as far away as Montana feels from this story and a hip hop musical on Broadway. Sure. I was like, wait a minute, actually there is like... A connection here. My nerd heart is just it, no. Going it's, boom. it's all connected. Like the day of the wedding, we floated on the Jefferson and the Madison River, and like those are people in our show every <laughs> yes. night. Like, it's it's wild. This whole this whole great adventure. Oh my god! But anyway, yes, yay Montana. Yes. Thank you, Grand Street Theater. Go Saints. <laughs> Bozeman's beautiful. Go visit. Yes. so great to hear Kurt talk so lovingly about the people he works with and just the people in his life like Carlos. His kindness just emanates from him. He's so genuine and sweet. All right, guys, next week is Kurt's third and final episode. Well, for now, at least. And we're right back into the music of Hamilton. I promise you're going to love it. Like I said last week, Kurt is the best and sent me bonus snobs. That's Saturday night on Broadway. And last week was all about Chef Breaker. And this week, we're taking it back to the songs of the summer of 2018. Kurt is a mashup musical genius. He's a musical genius and a mashup genius, and he's a mashup musical genius. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, I am G.Pen. Five minutes, five minutes, please, to the top of the show. This is the five minute call, five minutes, and it One, is. Two, three, two. 2018, a summer's born, and the bad girls are papa running it on. Yo, if you can make summer's hit song, then you're rich, son. But it's a question of which hit, so pick one. Cause girls like you run round with guys like me to sundown when I come through. I need a girl like you, yeah, yeah. Girls like you love fun and yeah, me too. What I want when I come through. I need a girl like you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
to you by my love of the thing, TM, and my complete lack of chill. Please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lacamoire for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never, ever get over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests, get tons of behind-the-scenes access, and join the best, kindest, and most welcoming corner of the internet, go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag Team No Chill. I'm at The Hamilcast on all social media, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike. You know Mike. And can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of Theater People and Broadway Backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution! revolution.